0: This show contains strong coarse language. If this is the type of thing to offend you, then I'm sure there's plenty of other podcasts you could be listening to right about now. Cheers. From the kitchen table, this is Gate, Close, Panic. Just that community
1: thing. Like, to be on that list of, of all these people... I was like,
0: yeah, I do. I want to be part of that, you know. Thank you. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a nice little group that I think is accumulating, and like, it's been it's been a really nice way to meet women, meet really interesting kind of like minded people. Yeah, I get I get nervous when I know I'm recorded
1: when I don't want to get recorded.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: Yeah. That's the That's the thing. It doesn't matter where I am. It's like the idea of permanence that's what it is that's the thing okay see
0: that that's quite an intelligent fear though I think a lot of the time it's more like my voice will sound dumb which is like yes it will to you to (laughs) anyone else no one else is listening it's like one of my friends the other night sent me a photograph that her boyfriend he's like a bit of a photographer around town And he put a photograph of her onto his Instagram, which has a lot of followers. And And she's zoomed right into her face and gone, look at me. I look disgusting. It's like nobody else cares. Nobody else is paying as much attention. But the permanent sphere, I think, makes more sense to me. Because I think I would feel exactly the same way no one has ever interviewed me. I have interviewed so many people yeah. and the idea of like coming down on a certain side on a on an answer mm. or on a subject yeah. is very strange to me because usually when you talk it just floats away and you've yeah. only got the other person to hold you accountable to it.
1: Please help yourself.
0: Is that a peach?
1: Yeah, that is from our tree.
0: That is a hefty Look looking Adam. peach.
1: Look at them. This is like no... It's beautiful. No spray, no anything, just like me.
0: The dream. Yeah. I think I have a theory about all
1: the trees that are close to the chook coop that they just like soak in all the the stuff. They're the happy ones.
0: So over the last two weeks, they've been a bit neglectful of the podcast and of doing good things because I've been very busy torturing myself. I haven't had time to read nourishing articles and share them with you, I haven't had time to teach myself how to make a sound bite for the Instagram, I haven't had time to wash my dishes, or really even to dirty them with a round meal, because I have been busy being post-breakup Saren. She is, as it turns out, a miserable, filthy-haired creature with a mild drinking problem. But I've had a shower, and I've done yoga once, and plus yesterday I went to the beach and I listened to Taylor Swift, and this morning I went to brunch, so things are pretty much all good now. And I'm glad they are. Because my guest this week is really lovely and the perfect person to talk to when you need a little bit of emotional nourishment. Lauren Bazina a freelance graphic designer, is one of the most open guests I've had on the show. When I wrote to her asking her to be a guest, she told me up front how terrified she is of being recorded. But because she listens to the podcast and she likes it, she wanted to try to get past that. And I'm really glad she did because Lauren is really honest about what her priorities are which I think is something a lot of people are resistant to being because of all this careerist social expectation we ingest. As she talks through her life, she threads things together in a really interesting, thoughtful way, and it makes her success feel more accessible. Lauren, thank you. You did so well. I hardly had to edit it. So what, just first of all, just tell me who you are and what you do, and then we'll just go from there.
1: Okay. My name is Lauren Bazina. I am a graphic designer and I have been since I studied and I feel like it's a good way to describe who I am as well, mm. like, because it's always felt right to me. So yeah, maybe that's a good place to Yeah, start. Yeah, that is a really good yeah. place to start.
0: Um, so let's maybe work up to that point so when you were younger and just whenever is whenever you think is kind of pertinent to start with what were you interested in that might have kind of developed into work
1: one of my earliest memories is um i used to do this game with my dad called bookshop and this was like maybe four
0: maybe eight, you know
1: maybe earlier but i would i in our family it was quite a thing to give a book as a gift mm. and I've got a lot of them still with the kind of inscriptions in the in the inside cover from aunties and uncles and family. And um, and I would lay out all the books on this blue carpet, which is in the rental home that we lived I just have this visceral memory of yeah. the carpet. Um, and bookshop was dad would come into the room and pick a book like he was buying it. But then he had to read it to me and that was the ritual of like going to bed yeah um, and it's strange that I don't have that memory with my mum. I think she definitely did that too, but that is like, yeah one of my earliest earliest memories. Mm. Um, and books have just been always there mm. always always there as like a, a thing to hold and to spend a lot of time looking at. and mm. yeah, so I grew up. I was born in Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent the first five and a half years in Adelaide, and then we moved north, kind of in between the two. What are the two ro- wine regions? So there is McLaren Vale and Clare, or Barossa. Barossa and Clare. Yeah, yeah, okay. kind of in between there. I think that's a good, a good kind of landmark. For yeah, country. yeah. It wasn't actually wine country. It was more um, kind of different crops, Mm. wheat, farming or whatever, but we didn't actually have any any farming, we just lived on a little five acre um property. But that was a huge a huge jump like for my family. Um just to go I think that the when they started a family they were like, well there's just so much that we can give them that isn't surrounded by people and cars and all of this stuff and the serenity was just just a thing. (laughs) It sounds ridiculous serenity. But um I think that was kind of the pull, and um, interestingly, I spent a lot of time growing up in the country, but also in the city because we came back back to Adelaide yeah. every weekend to see all of the family. Oh wow! Every weekend, so we still, you know, I still have one grandparent that I that we we came and saw religiously, and uh, it was really important to my mom and dad that we had a lot of time with our mm-hmm. cousins. Mm. So I, I suppose that's relevant because I always like as a country kid, I always had a very strong connection to the city and a strong understanding of how the city worked. Yeah. I suppose that's kind of relevant because when I got to university, there wasn't that huge jump of a country kid coming to the city. Like, like I, I knew how to navigate. Yeah. I knew what buses did, you know, and I I saw that maybe um, some people around me did, you know, had had that jump, but. Yeah. um,
0: What did your parents do?
1: So um, my dad is a carpenter Mm -hmm. and a sheet metal worker Mm -hmm. and um, has had jobs. He he can just do anything, really. So, you know, like termite inspection, done. You know, paint the fence, done. Yeah. You know, build a huge cabinet, done. Like he can can do anything. Um, And my mum has always worked in kind of a – retail and sales kind of environment. Okay. Um, and growing up she, both of them actually just taught, taught my brother and I so much about like treasure hunting is, is like a way to describe it, but like so picture like, you know, we're, as a family we're at a flea market or something, you know, and it's like dad will just like nudge mum and be like that's a cedar cabinet or that's a human pine <laughs> cabinet and someone is like, you know, you look over and there's this blue, you know, just like cabinet yeah ugly whatever and he's like nah that's that's human pine like that's worth you know that that is beautiful timber yeah. underneath there like we have to buy it and restore it and yeah. and in the same in the same way my mum would um you know at an op shop or whatever she'd be like this is this is gold like mm-hmm. this ring is gold mm-hmm. and it's a dollar like so even like as a kid it was like like I would I would find things and go up to my mum and say like is this gold or is this silver or like there was a lot of um, a lot of storytelling about the different materials that were just around all the time. Yeah. Different ceramics, different you know timbers, yeah. like all of that. So there was there was a lot of um, I was very and I was so interested in it as well. like,
0: yeah.
1: knowing something was brass or what it was. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. that was kind of an early an early education in yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How was school for you?
1: That is such a good um, good question <laughs> um, because I always like to think about school as like something that suited me mm. now that I've now that I have d- deep adult relationships with a lot of different people who had a really shitty time at school and even even through my like design education understanding different ways of learning different ways that people, understand information and taking information and learn, mm-hmm. retain information. Mm. I just think that the school system is maybe good for like 20% of people or uh, or less yeah. or, yeah. Uh, but I I was just one of those kids that like I just really liked it when I did well, Yikes. like, you know, and there was a lot of uh, education and like intelligence was, mm. was like very um, – not important, but it was like something to strive for in my family. Okay. Like both mum and dad left school at year ten, I think, mm-hmm. for for different reasons. Um, they're both very intelligent people, but it's maybe not maybe not um, intelligent from society's perspective. Mm-hmm. Like we we put that label on, you know, or are you tertiary educated, or yep. how many years has your family been at this school, or educational institution, or whatever? Yeah. So. I think that for my brother and I, they they really like good grades were rewarded. It was like yeah. you
0: know a
1: way to. It, it was just a thing that I um, I can't think of the word responded to. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was like yeah. Um, so so yeah, I went I went through school, so I, I I responded to it, but at an early age, I really understood what it actually was and. So I'll just tell you a story to, mm-hmm. to, yeah, please, to please. Try, try to describe this point. In year seven, I won a spelling competition. Yes. <laughs> and I had to spell the word idiosyncratic, which is actually really easy if you understand the pieces that go together. Yeah. Like other people at, that who had to, had to spell really difficult words that had little tricks of the English language in them. Yeah. Anyway, I had to spell this word. I got it right. And my school was very geared toward um, sporting achievement and anyone who got uh, competed at the state level or national level in a sporting arena had their picture put up in the front office and it was like the hall of fame. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like I was not good at sport at all. Um, for another interesting reason reason that we might get to, but Mm. I was like, wow, like I'm, you know, kind of responding to this academic achievement and that yeah. was something that, you know, was a driver for me. And I was like, wow, I'm going to be, like, in, you know, in the, the whole of like, wow, I'm going to be in there. And then I competed, like, I, I flew to Sydney, like, I won a $100 or something and I got a trip to Sydney and, you know, that was great. Um And I came back and I kind of, you know, at assembly, it was announced and whatever, and it was a small school and, you know, It just was very special for me, and then I didn't get put in the hall of fame. And I think that that was a point for me where I really understood something about authority and education. And that I think before that point, I always thought everything was very official. Like you did, you did this, and then that happened. Yeah, but this was a big like a, a learning curve for me, where I was like, well. Actually, like for whatever reason, I haven't been recognized for this thing that I thought I was going to be recognized yeah. for. Like, why? And then I was like, well, maybe it's a bit of a sham. Like, maybe, <laughs> like maybe everyone, like maybe everyone's here doing their best. Like mm. the teachers are doing their best, whatever you know. But at that point, I was like, well, how can that one teacher, with their experience, teach supposedly teach me all these different things? Like. Yeah like i i really had that that moment of of like if i want something i'm going to go out and try to try to get it and in the mm. same way that if i'm in a in a learning situation and there's a teacher that might have like a very specific area that they can teach me something mm. like maybe i'll try and unlock that in them like if i have the energy you know yeah, yeah. but but i'm not going to go through my education and just expect that at the end of it I will have these things yep. from these people that maybe don't have the T- tools or resources to give it all to you, everything specific, that you need. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, so that was the first part of my inspiration. Yeah, yeah. okay.
0: Um, did you kind of consciously seek out other ways of learning things then if you felt like there was that limitedness?
1: Well, in every – I think I was still driven by that by that like get a good grade yeah as well yeah so you know going into high school like if I like I remember all of my all of my favorite teachers that I really um learned things from it was always by asking them about their experiences yeah okay um and and then just whatever they like I remember an art teacher who um had been in the army before he was a teacher and wow. And he always he had this watch and it had like a little compass on it, and I was like I asked him about his watch because it's like that's a, that's not unusual, but it's like it's a, it's a thing that you are choosing to put into this environment, which is like there are kids who are going to be looking at you and ask you know and yeah, and you've chosen that part of yourself to to put forward yeah. like that part of your identity. You might have stripped back everything else mm-hmm. to be to be you know a teacher. In, in that environment but you've kept this one thing so I asked him about it and then you know I really liked art because I you know the classes that I had because I could I just found that common ground and I could identify. Mm. Maybe that ties into design, maybe maybe not, but <laughs> but um, yeah I do I do acknowledge through all those experiences that education, even even through university, education was something that it was a game that I understood mm-hmm. and that I could get what I needed from. Yeah, and I okay. do also, I acknowledge that I, I, that not everyone has that experience. Mm-hmm. And we all have different ways that our brains work. But yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a thing that maybe that ties into design because what I'm trying to do as a designer is translate ideas. Yeah. So if I can understand that there isn't one way for the brain to translate something, mm-hmm. then maybe I can try to kind of extrapolate the idea out to make it more accessible for more people. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> to tie in. I mean, this is a space to flesh that sort of thing out. I yeah. think it is for a lot of people. It's I think it, it, it's a strange experience when you talk through your life in that linear way, mm. the connections that you start to make from kind of earlier memories. Um, you said that you were not good at sport, <laughs> that, that that was another story. Yeah. What is the other story?
1: <laughs> the story is um, that I can't see very well. Uh, just um, you know, I, I I need glasses. I'm I'm um, short sighted, mm. and I have been forever. But I only got glasses at university. Like when I so I had been driving for a couple of years and like, <laughs> and I think actually I think it got worse at a, at a point. Okay. Yeah, but I when I when I did you know someone said to me you need to get your eyes checked. I'm like really, and I actually went and like lo and behold I need glasses. Mm. And I just, I thought back to all of these little experiences when someone was like, what does that sign say? Or can you, you know, see that bird in the tree? And I just gave up. Like I couldn't see and I just thought that they were better at focusing than me or something like, and I didn't, it's not like I ever had headaches as a kid or anything, you know, that that would have triggered it, that, that my parents would have been like, oh, she can't see, you know. Because all of my hobbies, just by default, by nature, were were things that were that that kind of sat within a meter of of me. You know, like I would I would make jewelry as a kid. I would read. I would draw. And yeah, when a ball was thrown at me, it it was thrown at me. It wasn't thrown to me because I couldn't see it, (laughs) so I couldn't interact with that. So, team sports. Oh man, like yeah, just I always felt so. so bad for the other players, especially tennis, because you just cannot. If you can't hit the ball back, there is no game. No, there is like, not. Like, there is
0: nothing. Like, you know,
1: if it was like soccer or basketball, like I could run around and pretend, yeah. you know, kind of fumble when I when the ball came to me or whatever. But, um, yeah, that was that was also something that triggered my understanding of education or, or how I fit within the realm of education mm-hmm. um, was that I would never get a good grade – for sport mm. but I would always put in so much effort especially when I was younger because I because I was always like good grades are like the thing like mom and dad respond to that you know like they that was that was a thing that was rewarded and I'm mm. talking like seven year old kid you know yeah and I think that yeah all, all that needed to be said to me was like some people can't understand maths and you can mm. like you know it's fine, yeah. but, but anyway, yeah. Maybe if I had glasses when I was a kid, I might be, you know. A soccer player now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah.
0: Um, so coming out of high school, did you finish school? hmm Yeah, okay. Um, so coming out of school, what were you kind of – you were still in the country all the way to 12? Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, what were you thinking you would do as you were drawing to a close with high school?
1: Um, so – I was drawn to all of the design subjects. So when we did all our career counselling stuff, I remember looking at the landscape course, um, the TAFE course. And then at university, like I I had this thing when I was in high school, like university was scary, like very scary for me. Like I I think maybe I have a – just had an aversion to that level of pressure like and and also i just didn't think i could do it i didn't Mm -hmm. think that i would be smart enough like that was literally at year 12 going through my head wow so i applied for um but then also like that kind of uh, that participatory i don't know the the gene in me that's like participate like do it try run around try to catch the ball even though you can't see the ball but you don't know you can't see the ball yeah that in me was like apply for all these things see what happens so Architecture was my first preference, um, and then visual communication, mm-hmm. which is graphic design. Um, but I also, I think I also applied for TAFE to do a landscaping mm-hmm. um, course with TAFE. But I did, I applied, I ticked all the boxes, you know, did, got my safe, got all these extra points for doing swimming and, you know, all these other things. And, yeah. Which actually I had a lot of opportunity of going to a country school to get to to do those extracurricular things Mm -hmm. and then just didn't really believe that I would continue studying I just didn't believe it I didn't think that I I I just didn't have any confidence in my ability to do it even though I'd always done quite well you know on paper yeah um with with my study um so I worked for a year I got into architecture Mm -hmm. um I got, a, I got, like, 12 bonus points for going to a rural school or something, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, uh, so I got into architecture at Adelaide Uni. I thought about it for a while, and then I was, like, seven years before I can build anything. Oh, my God, yeah. Seven years, you yeah. know. And I, I don't know, at that age, I was, like, more into, like, you know, three-year plans.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: I <laughs> think that makes plans. sense
0: at that age, yeah. yeah.
1: I just couldn't – I really couldn't see it, and then I um, – I just had this feeling of like the pre- yeah, the, the pressure thing again of like, you wanna build a building? Like it's your fault if it falls down. You know, like really, Lauren? Yeah. Like you, you haven't and also that that kind of that thing with architecture of like the vision, like that that strong vision, you know, right. and I just didn't have that and I don't have that now. I'm like, um yeah, yeah, so that was that was kind of that that pathway, yeah. um, got into architecture, took a year to work, um, did a little bit of travel and then, mm-hmm. uh, reapplied to, and put graphic design as my first preference. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. And then inevitably got into graphic, into visual communication yeah. and started that. And in the first month I remember I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why did you try this? Like straight away, I just, my fears were. It was true. Like, like everything that I feared, I felt because we were taught like in class, like we were talking about, um, peer reviewed journal articles and I'd never heard of that before. Like I had, you know, I I did have a great, you know, high school education, and everything. I, I, I was one of those, I just sapped everything I could Mm -hmm. out of the people that were around me out of, you know, just everything I could. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I, I I did everything I could, and then I got to this place where I just didn't understand it. like that yeah, that that like sit down and write in this specific way yeah. that you have to know already, and I yeah, it's anyway. terrifying. Yeah. It absolutely <laughs> is.
0: So was the whole of the first year difficult?
1: So that was the first month, and yeah. then I, and then I was and then I snapped back into my, my like, do your survival thing that you do. Ask the, the whoever the lecturer is, talk to them. Just talk to them. Yeah. Because yeah, like we, you know, after being in a class size of like thirty and going mm. up to the teacher and asking her about his compass on his watch, you know, I'm in a lecture theatre and I'm in these big groups and I'm like, Gross. there is no personal way for me to try to interact. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, one of the uh, one of my favourite lecturers, she she said, okay, there's this there's this travelling graphic designer who specialises in Way showing or way-finding, which is like, uh, think about like how to move through an airport, mm, okay. especially in a foreign airport. Like yeah. you, you know, you're trying to decipher signs in different languages or multiple languages, and a lot relies on spatial awareness yeah. and readability, and all, all. Yeah. Okay. So, so I didn't even know that was a thing. No. You know, um, and she was like, "Look, go along, and if you if you if you don't inter- if you don't understand what this what this man is talking about." Then maybe, yeah, maybe because I, I, I went to her and said, like, I'm, I'm having trouble with this. Like, I just can't put my brain into this other, other space. Yeah. And she said, yeah, she, she, she told me to go along and I did and I just almost fell in love with the guy. Like, he was so natural in it and he, he was older. I don't I don't know how old he was at the time, but to look at someone who was doing these things, talking about airports and signage and and communicating on that level Mm. across languages, across cultures, that was a point where I was really like, okay, I think I can I think I can understand this. Like my my draw toward design and communication was there. The barrier was the educational system.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. So
1: once I found once I moved moved past that Mm. then I completely committed. Yeah, it was one month in. It was like because I think that was the cutoff kind point for all of the withdrawal fail. Yes, you know, yeah. and for me, like the money thing was, was a big deal. Of I was course. like, I'm not paying for something I'm not doing. Yeah. So yeah, you either you commit or, or you get or out. out and yeah, I committed to it. So then yeah, like that was that. Yeah, I didn't take any any time off. I did mm. all, all straight through, straight through three years, um, which you know isn't remarkable, but that really helped me. Mm. That commitment to mm. it to to get through and get past that yeah that I suppose it's like an intelligence complex of like or maybe imposter syndrome I've heard that being said a lot <laughs> like like maybe because there isn't this big tradition of of you know formal tertiary education in my family like maybe yeah. this isn't the place for me or, mm. or whatever but I'm happy that I that I got through
0: it yeah yeah what did you like about it when you were studying
1: design or the actual of the actual study both just yeah i really like the independence like that time of that time of life like I, um Mm. i would always i would always do summer school or winter school when i could i'd do the intensive class um so then i could really focus on the one thing Mm. and um and then have like a lighter load throughout the year because i was working also at the time yeah so i just i really i liked the the lifestyle that it that it afforded you know like yeah. uh, it was fun you
0: yeah. know yeah like yeah. living
1: in a share house having having that freedom I'd ride my bike around like and because we had to we had to carry like lots of you know big pieces of paper a lot of the time yeah. so I'd be on my bike and I'd like load up with tubes of like <laughs> rolled up paper and, yeah. and you know people would like say to me around uni that they'd seen me riding my bike or whatever but I was just yeah, I was kind of clueless. Like I was very uncool, definitely. Like, <laughs> but I just—it was all about function for me. Anyway, yeah, anyway, yeah. But the from the um, the thing that I liked about the actual design learning was that it did come naturally. Like after yeah. that, after that hurdle at the beginning, it was like, it kind of helped me to understand myself as I had been growing up. Like, because yeah. I think I mentioned earlier, like we would come to the city, and I would go to. The mall, and I would find Rip It Up magazine, or yeah. I would find street press. I'd find like I'd always take the watch catalogues from like the surf shops, and like any piece of print, yeah. I'd take it. And I would like so you know there would be an hour and a half drive back to back to the country, the back home, and I'd mm-hmm. sit in the car and I'd look at these booklets, and even like albums that I'd buy CDs. I'd just look at them every single. Photograph, look at the shapes, look at the color. Like, mm. I was obsessed. And mm. even before that, we would buy, my brother and I would buy um, Lego with our, like, saved pocket money. And, like, you know, you can't make Lego in the car. So, look at the <laughs> booklets. And yes. that is like, that's kind of like the original IKEA style, no words, this is how you build a thing. Yes. Style yeah. Style of communication. Yeah. Um, and so, as I was learning about design, I was like, that's why. I was so interested in the stuff, yeah. and that was kind of re, you know re, reassuring. Or yeah, affirming I think so. Or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, like like I, that was what I was supposed not supposed to do because I don't really believe in like you know that just whatever you want to learn. I think we can learn, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I just it was good. I liked. It.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think reaffirming is a good word for that. It is. It's a, it's reassuring. To see, to look back on your life and see kind of flex of what you're doing now throughout kind of your behavior and your interests. Um, how, just kind of in a practical sense, how were you living? You're in a share house. What kind of work were you doing
1: I, when you were at uni,
0: I mean? Sorry.
1: Yeah, I was um, lucky that my cousins owned businesses that um, they had. They had a receptionist actually who went on maternity leave. Yeah. And that was my inn. That was nice. like, you know. Um, and then I didn't leave them for the next four years, I think. Oh wow! Well, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they they kind of bought and sold businesses throughout that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there was a recording studio. There was like a digital media company mm-hmm. and exercise DVD company. As the, you know, just a, just a broad way to describe yeah. these these different um, these different businesses that they that they owned but I had some exposure to graphic design and mm-hmm. video production and uh just different media types like at the time like the the recording studio had like a dubbing service as well so people would bring in reel-to-reel or beta tapes or just yeah like all of this interesting media yeah and we would transfer it onto you know we'd make it digital yeah um and I met some really great people, a little bit of exposure to other graphic designs and the uh, art direct, one art direct personality, but also a huge exposure to small business yeah. function. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like okay. How, how things, how things work, which fed into, um, I think from the second year of uni, I was doing uh, freelance graphic design. Wow. Right. Yeah. How did you start? It's just that thing I think that happens with a lot of graphic designers where people say, like, you can help me with this invitation that yeah. I need or yeah. you can help me with the signage. Yeah, like, I I was a kid that, like, made jewellery and sold it in, like, year nine to other kids at school, like, yeah. you know, that kind of enterprising nature. Like, yeah. okay. So as soon as someone offered me something like that, I was like, all right. Well, I'll just get an ABN and, yeah, I'm in. i ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, so, wow. So there was always that throughout. Um, nice. But, yeah, lots of experience to a small business. And i would never worked hospitality, which I moved to Melbourne and I tried. And everyone <laughs> at these cool Brunswick cafes was like, have you ever made coffee? And I was like, no. But I'll sweep the floor. Like, I just need a job. <laughs> no one gave me a job. But I always wanted to um, – that's a, that's just a funny Lauren anecdote. Like I've always wanted to work in a kitchen, or you know, in just at a cafe, like just to you wanted so to short. work hospital. yeah it's it's, it's, the, it's the typical grass is greener yeah, situation right you know. okay yeah because i've never been forced to work a weekend in my life like i've never oh had to God, do it imagine yeah and so you know when people say like oh yeah you want to work hospo because i've been around a lot of people who have and, yeah and there's there's just that community thing and everyone understands and you know it's, yeah it's a, it's a sunday night and that's your night off and you yeah. know but I'd always be like, I'm going to work. But yeah. they okay. had the same thing when it was Saturday. And I was like, yeah, party. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, okay. All right, I can understand yeah. that. Um, so uh, what were you kind of thinking you would do when you were coming towards graduation at uni then?
1: Well, just before I graduated, I met my partner, yeah. who I'm still with now, mm-hmm. um, and he lived in Melbourne at the time.
0: Yeah.
1: So um, as soon as – I think we met – just before the beginning of the last semester of mm-hmm. my uni and we mm-hmm. met and we were like yeah this is good oh you know we can both commit to this you live in melbourne i live in adelaide i'm going to finish my study mm-hmm. cuz i was very like i had actually i had a lease on a house that ran out in march i think mm-hmm. and i had my study which would finish in november or whenever it was um i was like just just hold up you know yeah. i just finish this stuff first okay. and then, yeah, I'll move to, I'll come over to Melbourne. Like, why not? Like, you know, as a, as a young graduate, Melbourne is, you know, graphic design. Melbourne is like the thing and I got a lot of flack from people being like, oh, you're, you know, graphic designer, straight to Melbourne, you know. Yeah. I was like, no, I don't, I never thought of it. I never thought of moving but I didn't want to not give this relationship a chance and, you know, whatever. So um, I just jumped straight in and yeah, interesting thing is that even when I graduated, I got I got good grades in uni. Like I proved to myself that I could do that. I was still like, yeah, probably won't ever get a job as a graphic designer. Like, I maybe it's like some self defense mechanism. Maybe yeah. of like you know, aim for aim for below what you probably can get, and then anything's a bonus. Like, yes, yeah. Maybe that's it. But, yeah. Um, but I also never focused on having a career either. Mm -hmm. Like that was also a big thing that maybe even I I, I wouldn't say like I revolted against it, but I was like, that's not me. You know, Mm -hmm. it was part of my personal branding to be like, I'm going to be a family woman. Like I'm going to be like, even from, even from, yeah, university age, like before that, like, yeah, like I always thought, and I still, I still have that. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the fact that I do have a career that has kind of a linear pathway through graphic design jobs, like it's kind almost like an accident to me, it, which is yeah, is what it is. So, moved to Melbourne. Wanted to work for a huge company. I'd always worked for small companies, so I had this. I, I just, I just wanted to understand how it worked. Okay. Yeah. Wanted to be an air hostess. Really wanted to do it. <laughs> Ever since watching the movie Jackie Brown. <laughs> And she gets to wear this beautiful blue suit, and she's such a baller. Anyway, the Tarantino film, Jackie Brown, and um, <laughs> yeah, I, like, like it was almost like I ticked the box of my education, you know, whatever yeah. I thought I would do. And then I was like, okay, life starts now. Like, do the other things that, yeah. you, that you wanted to do. Work for a huge company, and um, you know, just be be a number in a system, and just like, you know, whatever. I don't know. Why. Try that on. Yeah. You yeah. Know. So I um tried uh, like i did all of the things you need to do to, to be an hostess you, oh you need like all the the security oh like special you know did all of it with virgin and i had all of my all of my stuff in there and um, i think i just missed out on an intake um, round and then I ran out of money and I was living in Melbourne. I was like, ah, oh, I have gotta get a job. No cafe would give me a dishwashing job in this town. Like it's just like, oh, it was like it would have been easier to get a job in banking than it would, was to be a barista in Brunswick at the time. Like this is <laughs> it, yeah, it's just such a cliche. Um, but uh, I ended up getting a job at a buyer's advocacy real estate firm. Um, okay. in Carlton and I, yeah, the job interview was very interesting. It was like, sorry, I'm going to be a bit late. Let's meet at a cafe. Um, I just got back from, um, Byron cause I went to Falls and uh, you know, uh, um, so yeah, but I, I met this guy who was my boss for two and a half years, um, and we just spoke about music, and then he was like, "Great. Well, I was always going to hire you because I really liked the look of your resume um, for this office admin position. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of my experience was in small running small business, yeah, and, you okay. know, um, bookkeeping, or whatever. Um, but he just wanted someone with, I think he would have used the words like design flair or something. So, so my um, my resume stood out because it had like. Because I used Helvetica instead of, like, Times New Roman or something. Yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> and I got that job and straight away um, he was like, okay, well, we've got a graphic designer on the team now. We're going to make this report. Every month we're going to do a property report. So a whole lot of my job um, was running the business, like mm. dealing with clients who – so a buyer's advocacy is, like, people come to you with a budget – and you find them property. Okay. Um, and um, so anything from like four hundred thousand to like four or five million dollars. Um, mm-hmm. I was interacting with these people who had that kind of cash, you know. And that was the. I think I've just mentioned that because it was a good way to. Like, I didn't get to work for that big company, but I did get to understand this realm of like big money. Yes. Yeah. Which Which, which. Um, I think that graphic design, a lot of the time, is is kind of like journalism, in that if you have a lot of varied understanding, just all these little how these little things work, yeah. then it helps you to engage with whoever you're speaking to, if it's a client or someone you're interviewing. Sure. Um, you can you can have those little those just little areas where you can find some common ground. Sure. Yeah. So so it was good to get experience with people. Um, who I'd never spoken with before, of course. who were who were buying these really big properties and owned big companies or, or yeah. whatever. But so that was that was one part of the job. Um, but the other part was making this property report. So I continued to like I still had my freelance design practice, but mm-hmm. I was actually you know working officially as a, a graphic designer for part of the time, mm-hmm. um, and. The guy that I was working for, um, he went to this school in Melbourne which is kind of uh, almost like folklore famous for um, putting out all of these entrepreneurs because Mm. you didn't have to wear a school uniform. It was a public school but no school uniform and there was this like story around it that it had all these like free thinkers, you know, that came out of this school for this like era where you didn't have to wear a uniform. Mm. He was one of them and he – just straight away yeah, when I got there it was like we're making a report and I didn't know that he didn't have any experience in making but putting out you know essentially a publication like a digital publication yeah. a monthly one but also how a publication works like he was like okay we've got a graphic designer we're doing it you know why not yeah. why not give it a go um and so I didn't have any of that experience either. So I was making this thing and we had, you know, people um, working on it who were who were looking at property data and, and whatever and I was, you know, just the designer who was going to make that information um, accessible to people yeah. visually. But I just always had this feeling of like, why isn't there an editor? Even though I had that tertiary education or whatever, I didn't really understand the workings of media mm. or, or a publication in that. You know, obviously I understood what it looked like and Mm. how, you know, but actually how it went got put together. And um, so I was getting all these different pieces from the people that worked at the company, so different real estate agents and they're working, buyer's advocates working with the clients and I'd read them all and try to design them. And I was always like, why is there no coherent voice here? Like everyone has a different kind of point of view. And I I would always say to this guy, I'd be like, are you happy putting that out because you – this has got your brand on it. You know, like I was hyper aware of this of this thing that I couldn't describe. I didn't have yeah. the proper name for it. Mm. But it was editing. It was like a publication having a voice. So even though I was like employed as an office admin, you know, slash graphic designer at a buyer's advocacy, like a world that I had nothing, you know, I was still learning about publications and, the, you know, in these areas that like yeah. would make sense later but not actually you know not until then yeah, yeah. not at the time like uh, you know um yeah even like the importance of the photography and uh, yeah so that yeah that was the next the next job yeah first like job out of uni um proper proper job yeah, yeah. okay
0: yeah. um you were there for two and a half years you said
1: yeah why yeah. did you decide to leave when you left i was fired Fuck! This is an interesting story um so I'll make it quick because it's a it's a big one um I halfway through those two and a half years of working there I moved back to Adelaide my partner and I moved back right um for I can't even remember the reason it just made sense you know all our families were back in Adelaide so Yeah. yeah we moved back but when I told I told my boss that I was that I was moving and he said oh well most of the stuff you can do offline, so why don't we just try out you working from home? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, great, great. I move back. I'll start yeah. working from home. Um, that's that's fine. I will, will test it out. And I, for I think maybe a year, I flew back every month mm-hmm. for a couple of days and, you know, still engaged with the team. I was still running. So I was running the company's books. I was doing client care stuff. Um, the, that monthly report, all the design for that, running the property management trust account because I had a property management wing. Yeah. And there was something else that was like big that, I, <laughs> that when I look back, I was like, what? What? You're running a... You're like, I'm not an accountant. Like, I how's I running the bookkeeping? Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, like um, I was working at home, did that for, I, don't, I can't remember how many months and I was like, all right, probably best if I go into a co-working space yeah you know, I I like working from home I like you know being being alone I can work like that I'm motivated enough to get up and put clothes on and you know yeah and do the work mm. it's not that it's more that I'm moved back to this place and I'll run into old friends and I I don't have Facebook so mm. you know I, I didn't really connect keep in contact with people like that but I run into old friends and they're like are you back for the weekend or you know, they just didn't know that I was here. Yeah. And I thought to myself, like, this is not good. I'm not part of a community. Yeah. I'm part of a community, but they're in Melbourne. Mm. It doesn't make sense. Mm. Like, it doesn't, yeah. So I found a co-working space, which happened to be a Magazine Gallery. Mm. I was working out of there for the Melbourne company still. And then quick succession, my best friend died. I crashed the car. And then I got fired. All within two weeks.
0: In two weeks? In two weeks.
1: Um, So the biggest part of that, obviously, my best friend died. So I um, uh, just pretty much the stuttering I'm doing now is, uh, yeah, obviously, my whole life for for that, you know, for, yeah, so this was uh, three three years. I can't Can't even do the math. Yeah. so that yeah, that all that all really that happened really quickly. But mm. I had um, I was in still working at out of magazine gallery, and I mm-hmm. said I think the reason that I got fired from that job was I think it was coming. I think that the communication across across to Melbourne just wasn't really working out for sure for you know management. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but also uh, I asked there was one part of my job which which I considered to be to be creative and that was the cover of this monthly report that Mm -hmm. I was doing and I said to my boss when this all happened I was like before I got fired obviously I said to him I just don't want to make anything I can put I can do the functional part of putting the report together Mm -hmm. I can do the functional part of bookkeeping Mm -hmm. I can make sure that the clients don't leave you because you know I will do my job Mm -hmm. the only thing I don't want to do is paint a picture for the front of the cover of this thing I don't have it in me Mm -hmm. you know that's how do you feel about that like you know working is actually helping me through my grief like giving you know my this 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 hard time i like working you know let's discuss how to move forward and he was all cool with it but then started to dislike my decisions I can't look back at that time with, like, a clear head, no. obviously. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, just one day, I think two weeks two weeks later, two weeks in, um, called me, look, it's not working out. I was like, all right, fine. Yeah. Fine. Cleaned up all of that. Was still working. Still had my freelance stuff.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Which, thankfully, kept me going for a couple of months. Yeah. Until my next job at City Mag. We can name names, can't we? Yes. Yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> um until there was a vacancy at Mag, and I was just, I was there, Mm. you know. I was a graphic designer. I I was sitting at the desk, you know. (laughs) um, I remember actually at the time there was someone else who was um, the first preference and he was approached and I just remember sitting at the desk and just like, I don't pray, but like (laughs) willing, willing it, willing this guy to decline. The offer and and turned out that that it wasn't right for him and he did and then oh, it was like hey Lauren do you want to be here? <laughs> <laughs> um, nice and then yeah that was another another just kind of yeah like ocean to be chucked in and yeah into and and yet that so that was the next the next the next part. step yeah the next step the next step
0: um, were you the only graphic designer for City Mag then? Is it just you doing all the design? Mm. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, so, I'd never, so I had that little bit of publication experience, but it mm. wasn't proper. Mm. <laughs> so the, the thing that I worked on didn't have an editor. And to be fair, it's a property report. Like it wasn't, you know, it had it had its readership, which was the clients of the company. But for me, it was huge. It was like, why isn't, you know, because I always thought things were done properly and they, mm. they were. Like there was a lot of effort put into it. I'm not rubbishing it. But I just am proud of myself that I had this inkling of like something's not right here. Yes, yeah. hey, there's a step that's missing. Yes. It's doesn't right. Yeah. So and then at City Mag it's like there's an editor, there's a publisher, there's like, okay, now I can I'm, you know, understanding how the media works mm. you know, from from this um, uh, from this like community based vantage point. Mm. Like it's a very soft way to get to understand it. it's not like I was you know understanding journalism from like that ABC Royal reporter thing that happens to a lot of people who, who. but the, an interesting thing like while I was still employed by the Melbourne company um working at the at the magazine gallery co-working mm. studio Farron the editor of City Mag said to me would you take less money for something that you care about more she mm. kind of like she kind of just put her feelers out a little bit, and I was like, nah, I want to have a family. I, you know, this is this job is fine for me. Like, I'm not really a career person. I don't, you know." Yeah. And that that still, you know, that that kind of that idea was still there. Um. So I wasn't I wasn't going to kind of chase this dream of being a graphic designer or a design director or a creative director or whatever because I didn't really have it. You know, oh. it was just I um. I was just going going through, so it was kind of interesting that, that, that Farron kind of did ask me mm. a couple of months earlier than uh, before everything kind of happened, mm. and I declined really. Mm. <laughs> so, tell me about that job at mm. City Mag. That's my most recent yeah. job. Yeah, so that starting out uh, was such a learning curve, Like it, that was huge because mm. I'd find myself on um, photo shoots as the design director like the design design director was my title yeah on a photo shoot with a photographer who you know was an old friend and a, mm. who I knew through people at, at uni and he said to me why don't we do this and I was like yeah 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 so easy going and then I kind of had this realization of like you're the, the you have director there like that word is there mm. so if you want to have some sort of creative control, which is something I never considered for myself. Yeah. Other than being the kind of behind the scenes graphic designer. Yeah. Then you're gonna to have to cultivate that. Yeah. So then I went I went through this sort of this this time of like trying to I call it trying to cultivate ego, which was kind of like a functional thing for me of like being you know, going from being like easygoing, you know, yeah, as long as everyone's happy, you know, yeah. it'll work out. Yeah. So then actually having the confidence in myself to say you can have some sort of creative control, mm. your ideas matter, mm. <laughs> you're, ed- you're trained in this, yeah. you know, you can, yeah, you can have input and yeah. authority. Yeah. And run shit if you want to. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, yeah. You, you know, yeah. run a photo shoot. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> you know, um, but that was, I had a lot of that kind of, um, that kind of learning. Mm building confidence, styling shoots. I even, uh, under Farron's guidance, did some interviews because I suppose in the same way that I wanted to work for a huge company, Mm. as the design director, I wanted to understand what the journalists were doing when they were going out and doing stories. So so that that could inform how I spoke to the photographers when I was photo briefing them, Mm -hmm. when I was asking them what to do capture from the interviews or all mm. those types of things so i um did did some story writing yeah. did some interviewing and even yeah like the opportunity to take photos i yeah. learned about photo editing i learned about photo editing for web photo editing for paper wow lots about the printing process lots about the media yeah lots about the business of media yeah um so much
0: learning. It sounds—it's so sort of reminiscent of that sponginess of being at school. Mm. That just sort of get what you can from everyone around you in terms of your education.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, how long were you with City Mag for? I
1: think three years. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a lot of editions because quarterly. Yeah. I can't add that up, but twelve.
0: Twelve editions. I think so. Yeah. What was your life like and your kind of work-life balance like while you were doing that job?
1: A magazine is an all-consuming thing, yeah. So um, especially one that is – like I like to use the word community to describe it because it is a community of creative people who a lot of – like a lot of photographers have their first – a lot of Adelaide photographers in the community would have had their first – Photos published through something like City Mag, or like okay. obviously there are a couple of other yeah. outlets that um, that kind of engage with young photographers and mm. young writers. Mm. Um, but there was all yeah. There's always that opportunity for people to learn, mm. and so there's this pool of people who are all working towards this this, this one thing, um, and it's quarterly. So every every month there's this cycle, and I'm not really being linear in my answer, but that's because it's it can't really be described as a linear thing yeah, it's like okay. it's more like a big spider web of like yeah. <laughs> of stuff that you know has to come together and if something doesn't work out you know you do it again or yeah. it's just yeah and like a, like a race every edition is like a race yeah yeah and i i think that that's true for just anything any publication or anything that has that routine deadline that yeah you know it's coming
0: yeah, I spoke yeah. – my last interview was with Katie Spain. She's the editor at Fritz, and she was saying something really similar. Yeah. What made you decide to make a change after those three years?
1: I think that the – yeah, that sort of churn but it kind of is. Mm. Um, it kind of got – I di- I just didn't want to stagnate, really. Okay. Yeah, so as as a designer working on the same structure – for three years, you know, like I, I, of course I did freelance work in between, you know, at, in that time, but uh, I, I wasn't really learning or progressing in like my skill set. Sure. I suppose. Another part of the decision was that I, I'm not, not to say that I was self-taught, mm. but I wasn't learning under a graphic designer or a creative director who had studied the same thing as me. And yeah. So when when I came to a problem, I was solving it by, by myself in that yeah. I would try to find, you know, some technical things on Google. Yeah, like the actual design learning was all self-driven yeah, at I that point. Yeah. And it, it had been through throughout yeah. my other jobs too, like, yeah. you know, working at the at the real estate um, company was the same thing. It was yeah. like, I am putting this together. There is no, I'm not working under a creative director or another, no. or a senior designer. Yeah. And although I did learn, you know, huge amounts from um, City Max publisher Josh Fanning, and obviously everyone I worked with, um, Farrah Foster, the editor, of course, um, everyone I worked with that whole time, I still, there's still this part of me that is like, I, I would like to go and experience that. I would yeah. like to just, yeah, just learn another, uh, other methods, other yeah. designers' methods, because yeah. um, it's in some aspects it's a craft it's like yeah. you know if I was doing woodworking you know I'd go to a carpenter yes. you know, yeah like, so that was another reason yeah yeah just yeah not not wanting to stagnate and I did I did um progress a huge amount mm. absolutely like there was a point um where I redesigned the grid structure of the whole thing and I actually learned um read a lot of books about specific grid structures and yeah. um Yeah, such a design nerd, but um, but yeah, I think that was part of the yeah reason to go. Yeah, um,
0: so you went into what you're doing now, yeah, which is just
1: freelance full time, freelance design. How is that? It's good. So I'm back at home, which um I thought might have been an issue because of my previous experiences working at home Mm. and not being able to connect um to the other people in the team. But then I realise that there is not a team. <laughs> I'm the team. Yeah. And if I can keep my lines of communication really open and clear with my client, mm. then there's not really an issue if I'm working by myself because I am working by myself. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's that's been really good. Mm. And it's kind of was an organic kind of changeover really because throughout working for the magazine I still have kept my freelance. Um, practice going, yeah. working on projects with different people, who are all a lot of them are creative and they have a lot of creative community around them. Mm-hmm. So that's how I get work. It's yeah. just that flow, on, yeah, yeah, from being part of um, part of that community and so so much from meeting lots of different people through the magazine mm. as well through mm. City Mac, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah, from from being part of that. Being part of a community while I was studying, leaving for um for I think it was only a year that I lived in Melbourne. Okay. Leaving for that time and then working from home, so it was kind of you know I was kind of invisible for a couple of years. Yeah. And then coming back into it, um, City Mag was a catalyst for meeting a lot of new people and getting back into into the community community. yeah
0: Yeah. so what does your life kind of look like now what do your work what does your work week look like now
1: so (laughs) on a good on a um on a good run it's very structured Mm um i try to uh you know get up and (laughs) exercise and eat at the the proper times um and sit at at the computer and and yeah do do all the work Mm -hmm. um it's, it's obviously, it's very flexible. It's very flexible. Yeah, sometimes there there are lots of um, things I have to get done and sometimes it's, I could work for two hours and then go and um, <laughs> engage with a lot of, you know, some other art or something. I always find myself an art gallery or, yeah, you know, okay. going to the city to have coffee with friends or yeah. um, acquaintances or whatever. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: So we're kind of obviously kind of drawing up to now, Mm. is there anything that you feel that I haven't asked you that is relevant to your story?
1: No, I I mentioned um, one of the, one of the reasons why I was nervous and I'm always nervous when I know that I'm getting recorded Mm -hmm. is, um, is also true to the idea that I am a graphic designer or I am a communicator like at heart. Mm. in my work and like it's practiced, like my practice, you know, like I do it all Mm. the time, I have to translate and communicate things and I get a lot of time to consider it. I get a lot of time to, you know, look, here's the story, here's the photographs, I get to read the story, I get to look at the photos, I get to make sure that the photos that I choose are describing the story quickly for people, that's the purpose of the photo. you know, I get to think about it Mm. and... When I get recorded, yeah, I I um I don't get to think. Yeah, I suppose that's something that um just to mention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the idea of permanence um, as well that that makes me nervous. Um, which I'm moving forward through because I used to I used to I used to think like it comes from that books thing like something's printed it, it's gospel like you yeah know, that, that's it that's how books started like yeah, you know don't... there was there was there was a message that had to get to the people and the only messages that could get printed were the most important messages yeah and, yeah so the, the idea of the book as being like a permanent thing but now it's the internet and the internet like scares me like I don't have Facebook I don't you know I'm very particular about my Instagram like mm. because it is something that scares me right yeah here. yeah like I, <laughs> I had this experience when I was in year 12 oh no year 10 it yeah. was. Triple J did a thing, right into Zanro, mm. what's your favourite song of the year and why? Mm. And I wrote in like, Block Party Two More Years, and oh, I had yeah. that line, Two More Years to Hold On, and I said, I wrote, so cliche, I was like, <laughs> I'm in year 10, I've only got two more years to hold on of school, and then I'm out, and that's why this song speaks to me. And it was like the first thing that came up when you Googled me for years, like, years. <laughs> and as a, you know, as a freelance graphic designer, you know, when I, when I, give someone my name or whatever, people are Googling you for your website. Of course. You, you know, and I was just so embarrassed and I wrote to Zan Rowe and I wrote to Triple J. Like I wrote to whatever email addresses I could find to be like, can you just take this down? Like this is so silly. Like why? Oh my God. So I had that experience of like, I don't want this to be, you know,
0: permanently out there. Oh, it's not
1: even like then.
0: it's re- no, no, <laughs> it, no. I think it's relevant. It's relevant to the way that everybody functions now, mm. and it's particularly relevant if you're working in digital publication. So you're thinking about the way that people consume online and the way people behave online and mm. the direction that we're going in. I can imagine it would be the kind of thing you think about a lot. I certainly think about it a lot, and I'm not a graphic designer.
1: Thank you for validating my strange point
0: that I, I have know. to make. what <laughs> I'm here for. Also, I'm sitting back here in my current line of vision is my laptop which is taped i tape my webcam or my laptop oh, yes. so if you're you're in paranoid company oh don't worry. yeah yes, <laughs> yes i think the only other thing that i want to ask is because kind of you're at home now you're structuring your own life but also you're talking about always thinking about yourself as a family person mm. what do you want to do next what what do you kind of foresee for yourself
1: yeah, well, family is a big, a big thing. Right? Yeah. I would, you know, like to have my own family. Mm-hmm. Not there just yet, but the next step for me, like I don't know how long I'll be able to be a freelance graphic designer. Like it is it is one of those like month-to-month kind of situations, sure, yeah. you know. I get work. Sometimes people cancel work at the last minute, yeah. you know. It's unpredictable, like anything, you know, any self-employment. Um, like education, like even just speaking – Today about how I felt about you know my study and mm. um, like I'd love to I'd love to teach like I would yeah, yeah even even like the the degree that I did there were a couple of electives uh, one of them was idea generation mm-hmm. and I did it in summer school so I did that as an intensive I think it was two weeks mm. and I would just think that I I'd would, I would have a lot to give in mm. that in that circumstance um, as long as they weren't recording me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just just the things that I've learned about coming back to that that idea that the structure, the education system that we have at the moment isn't for everyone. Mm-hmm. But you, within that, you can connect with with people, and all of the practice that I've done and the consideration to communication that I've done. Mm. That if I if I think about putting myself in that in that role where I could even even not formal teaching, even just mentoring. Yeah. Just as as a way to like. Give back to the community that has given so much to me, like Adelaide creative community, like the the amount of friends and yeah people that I that I feed off of, and you know like we all we're all connected. And I like that it's small, yeah. It sometimes and um yeah, I think that that's that's something that finally I'm not afraid of. I can see myself doing it, Mm. walking into the university and having something to give back Mm. after all of that fear of like. Maybe I don't belong. So that's
0: who
1: You are. Yeah, that's a <laughs> Very tidy.
0: All right. You did it. Yeah. It's over. Hooray. I'll just stop recording. Oh, man. Are you okay? Yes.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Was that horrible?
0: If you've got any questions for me or for Lauren, just reach out to me on our social. Also, if you have a suggestion of somebody you think I should interview, let me know. I'm always looking for people. As usual, like, follow, and rate us in all the right places. Next week is an off week, so we'll see you in a fortnight. I've been Sarah and Bell. This has been Get Close Panic. Have a lovely two weeks.